gang. Three o'clock here on a Saturday afternoon. Shamari Block and Dan Avone in 95.7 The Game talking Warrior basketball. And what better person to do it than our man Kevin Dana, who joins us from the Strip out in Las Vegas, calling Warrior basketball, calling basketball for NBA TV. Of course, he is the play-by-play voice for the Santa Cruz Warriors, but covering the Summer League. My man, Kevin, how is Las Vegas? What is it, like 120 in the shade right now? How are you? <laughs> Hey, Dan, Shabari, great to be on with you guys. And yeah, I'm in the shade. And yeah, it might be a little under triple digits in the shade, but but not by n- much. I mean, it, I remember one year walking off the plane in Vegas, got here, it was like 115 and uh, just kind of hating life. But in the shade, things are a little bit better. So we enjoy your coverage. And that's not just a gratuitous, hey, we, you know, good work. I mean, seriously, we enjoy watching you on television and you're up close and personal, obviously, with this team. So so give me an idea. What's jumped out at you sort of early on as it relates to the Golden State Warriors and some of their young players? Yeah, the first thing that has jumped out to me that Guy Santos is like closer to the NBA than I figured he would be. I mean, not that I watched him play in Minas in Brazil. I, I don't have the NBB package on my uh, on my Xfinity TV, unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe next year I can get it if I pull some strings. But the way he was talked about at the number 55 pick w- was that you thought that this guy was an automatic stash likely overseas. I'm kind of hoping, I, I don't know what the plans are with Guy, but I would love to see him in Santa Cruz this year. And I mean, and if he's in Santa Cruz, then you know he's that much closer to the NBA than as opposed to anywhere that, that he'd be overseas. I, I, I'm pleasantly surprised. Now, he makes, he makes a lot of turn, he's, he's turned the ball over a lot. I think he was 13 in his first three games at the Cali Classic. Uh, sometimes, and not sometimes, he has been loose with the ball. But the shot creation for himself and the cheeky playmaking for others, you know, throwing behind the back passes and stuff, like he's got a flair for the game. And he's 6'7 with a 7'1 wingspan. So, like, he's got the NBA body. Uh, so, so that is kind of the first thing that, that has jumped out to me uh, with respect to, to the Warriors' uh, Summer League roster. And then, you know, obviously, we'll, we'll get into the Wiseman stuff um, and, and Moody and Kaminga. But Guy Santos, uh, I think, certainly in that first game, he had people chanting. Like really on their feet, clapping for him uh, at the Cali Classic when he had 23 points. So you caught every game, Kevin, at the Cali Classic. You've also watched the Warriors play for a few other games here in Vegas. Uh, are there any non-dubs players that have jumped out at you so far in summer league? Yeah, well, I, I mean, uh, I, I was in the house to watch Paolo Bancaro play uh, against Jabari Smith Jr. in that uh, you know first pick versus third pick battle uh, on Thursday, the first game of Vegas Summer League, and Paolo Bancaro, I mean, obviously, you, you expect him to do well in Summer League, and he was a monster. Uh, he, he was absolutely incredible. Um, I'm a big fan of their guy. They have this dude, Emmanuel Terry, who's kind of been kind of a 4A player, bouncing between the G League and a couple of cup of coffees in uh, the NBA. He's kind of like a, an undersized five, kind of a four and a half. Uh, but uh, I've been a big fan of his from what he has done in the G League, so I'm always pulling for a guy like Emmanuel Terry. I was able to do a little Spurs scouting, quote-unquote, watching the 
game uh, yesterday, and since that's who Golden State's going to be playing, and Blake Wesley looked really good for them, one of their first-round picks. Sohan, their number nine pick, is sitting out for them, but Malachi Branham and Blake Wesley certainly had some positive things, and Josh Primo as well, uh, a guy who kind of came on late for San Antonio last year, their number 12 overall pick, uh, ha- has certainly had his moments uh you know, not only at the end of the season, but but in their summer league game as well. So those are some of the names that you know stick out. You know, right off the bat. Um, but yeah, there's been some good players. Keegan Murray for Sacramento, uh, Javante McCoy for the Lakers, who I think is going to be a good G League player next year uh, for the South Bay Lakers. I imagine that's where he would end up. Uh, those those are some of the guys you know from either my G League mind or draft pick mind that that have uh, stuck. Stu- excuse me, stuck out to me. Kevin Dana joins us from Las Vegas where he's covering the Summer League. And so, Kev, let's talk about... We discussed this earlier in the show, the fact that we have not seen James Weissman. Should there be a level of concern and what are you expecting tomorrow, which apparently will be his debut? Yes, so... James Wiseman told reporters yesterday that he was going to play on Sunday. I don't think that's an official clearance from from the you know the medical staff, but his expectation is to play. Uh, Jamma Malalela, the summer league head coach, had said you know he wasn't going to play on Friday, but likely Sunday, if not Sunday, then Tuesday. Uh, so yeah, I know fans just want to see this guy get back on the court because all he did was uh, play in three G League games this season with Santa Cruz. But I. I I, I would say more likely than not, he is going to play tomorrow. Um, I, I hedge that a little bit because we know, you know, how cautious Golden State has been with bringing back James Wiseman, and under, understandably so. But you know, he said at the beginning of this, 90% chance he plays in summer league. And it does look like that is going to track. I, my expectation is that he would play tomorrow, but that could get past, get pushed back to Tuesday. Um, but the hope is, yeah, that James Wiseman will, will be playing tomorrow against the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, Kev, so he's, he hasn't played any games yet, but he's been sitting there on the sidelines, you know, per, per the huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Has he been practicing with the team? Is he interacting with the team? And any, uh, you know, what is his interactions with like outside of the game? Because he's obviously you're not, he's not playing in any of them so far. Yeah, Shamari, he he's been doing five on five work uh, in practice recently, like in the last week or so. He has been able to ramp up to five on five. There was a video that that got posted him hitting a three in, in a five on five setting. But you know, I, I think he was like low thirties, thirty two percent from three in his rookie season. So he definitely showed a capability. I want to say he was like four or five from three in his NBA debut against the Brooklyn Nets. Is about the only thing that went right in that game uh, when they lost by I don't know like thirty nine or something. Um, so yeah, so. Wiseman is, you know, he is getting out there practicing and playing five on five. So, you know, he, my expectation is that his conditioning level is at the point where if they're saying he's going to play on Sunday or Tuesday, some point in summer league, that he's got his conditioning in a good enough spot to where he can be effective in a summer league game. So you mentioned the word cautious in the approach to dealing with James Wiseman. Is it cautious or is there something really structurally going on that you know maybe is it out there for public consumption 
Uh, Shamari, I mean, I'm not a doctor, and unfortunately, I did not stay at a Holiday Inn last night, so I, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to. Yeah, Holiday Inn Express, excuse me. I think the I think you get like free breakfast there, which is awesome. But yeah, I I actually don't know that answer one way or another. Uh, I don't know like the particulars about whether there's anything structurally wrong with his knee or not. But I would imagine that if he's going to play on Sunday or Tuesday, and that's kind of been the messaging, that his knee is fine. Uh, and I know it hasn't been fine for a while, but um, it, you know it struck me as just kind of a precaution, more of a precautionary thing when they decided to, to shut him down in March. You didn't want him getting his first real minutes in the middle of a playoff run when he hadn't played in a year. So that was my read on the situation. I could be wrong, but uh, at this point, uh, if he's going to play in Summer League, I don't think that structural damage is a serious concern but again uh, i don't know i'm just kind of talking out of the side of my mouth here kevin dana joins us from las vegas and from one big man to another and he sort of divides the room can you talk about first of all the debate the debut and sort of that back-to-back with chet holmgren so good one night half the people are seeing i told you so and then the next day what was it kenny lofton jr that's punishing him and other people are going late see i told you he's too thin to play in this league what are your <laughs> thoughts on chet holmgren well i mean it, it's tough to ignore the 23 point what seven rebound four assists six block performance he had now against I, I taco falls just, yeah <laughs> yeah taco fall g league legend taco fall by the way um but yeah, I was actually just talking with uh, with a Thunder a guy who works for the Thunder, and he was saying, well, you know, quite honestly, maybe the Jazz didn't have the best summer league roster, and that that's the team he torched, and the Grizzlies had a better summer roster, so it was probably a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And, and Kenneth Lofton Jr. I mean, I think a lot of people thought he had a chance at getting drafted. He had a really good first game at the combine, and then kind of shut it down because I think he expected to get drafted. And I want to say he's on a two-way with Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, that guy in the G League is going to be like twenty-three and fifteen. It, it just kind of looks like with, I mean, he's just a bull in a china shop, and, and so. Yeah, I mean, he is thin. You know, if you're plus seven feet and you're sub 200 pounds, it's not the best combination. But there aren't there aren't too many guys in the NBA who has a, a body type of a Kenneth Lofton Jr. either. Like, you know, some of those guys are around, but not a ton of them. So, and if he if he's going to be playing on the perimeter, some, I I, I mean. It is one summer league game. I wouldn't get too high about the 23 points and six blocks. I wouldn't get super too low about him getting bodied and bullied by Kenneth Lofton Jr. Everybody looks at Kaminga's shooting numbers and say, "Oh, he's not playing well in the in the G in the in the summer league." Um, now, if you haven't, you know, you've watched him play, and outside of shooting, is he lacking? You know, like in knowledge and polish in the game in that, that area, which to me are the things that. You go to Summer League for shootings in a come and go. How does his overall game look outside of the shooting, which obviously hasn't been good? Yeah, well, you know, Jamma Malalela was talking about this uh, after the game that they, they put the ball in his hands a lot yesterday and they wanted to see him operate out of the pick and roll. And, you know, he didn't get a ton of reps doing that in the NBA last year. And really, it was just kind of, you know, it was an experiment to see, all right, what works, what doesn't. And it, 
unfortunately, it didn't work well for him yesterday. I mean, two of ten. There was also the five turnovers, and, and you know th- this doesn't have anything to do with you know ball handling, but 0-4 from the foul line as well. Um, I mean, it wasn't his best game, and you know to to defend Jonathan. I mean, he recently got back uh, from the Congo where he was uh, watching his brother play Joel Tomboy, who is on the Vegas summer league roster for Golden State. He he's uh, Jonathan's older brother. Uh, played in the G League this year with the Delaware Blue Coats, um, and, and so I mean I don't know how long of a flight that is from uh, Congo to Vegas, but it's not a quick one. And you know he joined the team Wednesday, so uh, I imagine you know this was kind of his first game back, if you will. Um, there was going to be, I guess, an adjustment period. I would expect him to play a, a lot better in his second game against the San Antonio Spurs. But yeah, I mean. It, handling in the, in the pick and roll didn't yield great results for Jonathan yesterday as evidenced by those five turnovers, but that's what Summer League's for, and I'm sure he'll get some more reps on Sunday. Kevin Dana is our guest. Kevin, you know, as we focus on Jonathan Kaminga, the other guy always happens to be Moses Moody. Can you envision as we sort of get down the road with these two, Moody being the more accomplished pro at some point? Uh, that, that's an interesting question. I, I think we all see the upside with Jonathan Kaminga and salivated at the potential that he has. And this is kind of what the talk was when these two got drafted. Like Jonathan was the higher upside. Moses was the guy that was more ready to be played right away just because of, you know, Jonathan, you know, starting later in basketball than Moses and, and Moses kind of being really wise for his age. Um, it, it, I think they're both going to be kind of key reserves. As far as accomplishments, I mean, it, it's going to be tough to project out 10 years. I mean, it is Jonathan Kaminga who, you know, people say have that all-star potential, and I certainly see it. I think Moses is going to be a very solid pro for a very long time, too. So I, I, I'm, not, I'm not the best handicapper on these kind of things, So, but I, I think they can both be very, very good pros for, you know, a decade-plus in this league. Uh, and, and Jonathan does have that kind of extra upside, I would say, that, that made him the number seven pick. So Pat Baldwin Jr., PBJ, is he with the team? And if so, what have you? What's your impression of him so far? He's with the team, but due to his ankle injury that he suffered, he actually kind of suffered a couple of ankle injuries. One, his senior year in high school, like after his first game or first or second game of his senior season, and then re-aggravated his fourth game of the season at Wisconsin-Milwaukee last year. So he hasn't played in summer league. He hasn't been warming up so far. I, I'm not sure how close he is, if, if he is going to play in Summer League at all. Uh, I also don't think that's really that big of a concern for Golden State. It is, you know, just five games in Vegas after all, as nice as it would be to win a Summer League championship and get your second title in a month. I, I don't really think that's the goal here. Um, but, I mean, so I haven't seen him you know, participate in any practices or anything like that. He is shooting right now. He's doing non-contact stuff, and Jama Malalela uh, has said that the, you know, the stroke looks great. You know, it certainly looked good. Uh, his shooting form from from you know what I was able to see from his clips at Wisconsin, Milwaukee, uh, but he hasn't been able to do too much outside of just kind of shooting drills and non-contact stuff. Kevin Dana, our guest from Las Vegas, covering. The Golden State Warriors and the Summer League. And, Kevin, you know your man, 
Cyrus Sanchez, one of our favorites here at 95.7 The Game. He continues yes, to stoke that flame that the KD coming to the Golden State Warriors trade is still a potential. Where are you at with that? Any validity to it? Can you foresee Kevin Durant in a Golden State Warrior uniform next year? And what would it take giving back to Brooklyn for that to happen? Yeah, I mean, it would take a king's ransom, I think. Um, and I'm not sure it's a ransom that the Warriors would want to pay since they've gone on the two-timeline uh, deal that, that they've talked about. And, you know, it worked out this year uh, quite well. Uh, I think it's unlikely, but this is the NBA, and crazy things happen. I didn't foresee Rudy Gobert getting traded from the Utah Jazz to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, there have been crazy free agency moves before. Didn't really see the Kawhi Leonard and Paul George thing coming to the Clippers in, in 2019 the way it happened. So I, I could be proven wrong. I personally think it's unlikely. I think the Warriors like what they got back from Kevin Durant in essentially Jonathan Kaminga and Andrew Wiggins uh, with that trade that sent them D'Lo initially. Then you flip that for uh, Wiggins and the number seven pick, which turned out to be Jonathan Kaminga. And to get him back, it's probably going to take a package greater than that. And so I think that makes it unlikely. Hey, Kev, really quick, we got Sacramento and Orlando on the tube here. They're going double OT, and they're playing sudden death. What are your thoughts on sudden death in basketball? <laughs> yes, I, I, I love sudden death really? for Summer League, right? Because no, nobody wants to be, uh, you know, staying around for triple overtime, quadruple overtime in a summer league game, especially when you have like three more games that are supposed to play behind and then you have everything pushed back like an hour or anything like that. So I, I love it for summer league. The the Warriors actually played in a double OT sudden death summer league game in 2017 against the Minnesota Timberwolves with Chris DeMarco as a head coach. And I want to say they lost, unfortunately, but uh, they gave it a good run. So I'm a fan of some of the stuff that they do in summer league with the 10 personal fouls and you foul out not six, 10 team fouls and you shoot free throws and not five and a quarter. Uh, I would love to see them bring back the, the FIBA goaltending rule where the ball is live on the rim and you can knock it off the rim. They had it in the G League for three years. I wish they would experiment with that here in uh, Summer League. Oh, and one other thing they're experimenting with here is the transition take foul, which is in the G League. Basically, you can't stop a fast break with a foul, and if you do, it's one free throw in the basketball. I would love to see that happen in the NBA because I'm tired of seeing fast breaks broken up because guys don't want to get back on defense. <laughs> one last nugget, and tomorrow I'll let you go. So Anthony Slater now is making it official that James Weissman will indeed go tomorrow. So go ahead. Okay. Yeah, Kevin, nice. so, so if the... If so, this year in the G League, there is a, a ring for the G League champion, right? So yes. if the Warriors get the somehow, I mean, they, they, they're zero and four right now, so you know, it's not looking good. If the Dubs somehow get the G League championship, do you as a broadcaster get a ring? And if so, <laughs> how where would you display your G League championship ring? <laughs> so I actually do have one G League championship ring from 2015 when the Santa Cruz Warriors uh, won it. And they, for some reason, decided to give me an NBA ring in 2015 as well. Uh, they are in my parents' safe right now. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I will only get them out of the safe unless uh, if I am... Uh, trying to play like the main event at the World Series of Poker or something like that. Needed a, a few extra thousand dollars and I'm down on my luck. Maybe I'll try to pawn those off for a couple hundo. Um, but with respect to the Summer League Championship this year, the Warriors are 0-4 but they're only 0-1 in Vegas and they're only counting the Vegas games for the Summer League Championship. So basically what it is, the top two 
teams with the two best records after the first four games play for a championship. And if there is a tiebreaker, which there almost certainly will be, it's head-to-head. And then if they didn't play each other, which would likely be the case uh, for that second and final spot, it goes to point differential. So you want to run the score up here. If you're up 22 and the shot clock's off, you better be chucking up a three, Uh, especially if you're the Warriors and you lost by 13 points. So I want to see teams run up the score and display bad sportsmanship. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Kevin Dan Arkin. So, Kev, what uh, as we just move away from basketball, are you getting any freedom, any opportunity to sort of, you know, do Vegas? You get any uh, yeah, yeah, time yeah, yeah, What's uh, going on with you? A, a, a little bit. You know, my cousin's in town this weekend. We we, we got dinner last night. You know, I, I try to hit the tables a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean a, a more than a little bit. But uh, That's when you when, hop uh, the ring. You know, I, uh, so I'm a blackjack guy. I love online poker. I'll probably play in a poker tournament maybe tonight or you know so, sometime before I leave. Uh, I can get peer pressured into roulette, and I like craps, but like the table minimums are way too high here for the way I like to play. I like to play four, five, six, eight, nine, ten, all all up top, all at the same <laughs> time, and you have to place a minimum bet on all those. So, yeah, so uh, so I don't know. That's probably a little out of my price range, but uh, you know, I'm down two fifty ish for the trip, and it only took. 20 minutes to lose that $250, so I probably got to slow my roll a little bit. I am a, cashing Aria out one time. Wait, are you a, so you're not a, uh, a pool with the swim up bar, rent the cabana with the DJ <laughs> uh, midday party kind of guy? <laughs> nah, I'm I'm at the gym, uh, trying trying to hawk my uh, my USBs <laughs> like mixtape, like on Mike Jones back in 2005. <laughs> uh, you know, just trying to trying to schmooze, shake hands, kiss babies, and watch some shooty hoop. Kev, keep up the good work. Check in with us, and of course, we'll be watching. Thanks so much for the time, buddy. Hey, thanks, Dan. Thanks, Shamari. Much appreciated. Let that is the one the only. So, yo, Kevin, let, did, go ahead. No, let me tell you this, man. Okay, everybody like Vegas for partying. Okay. Everybody like, oh, let's go to LAX or or pure like like the nightclubs, man. The most poppinest parties are at the pools yes. during the day. Hard Rock, sun, does Sunday at Hard Rock still go off? I, I haven't been in quite a while, okay. so I don't know. But I, I, listen, it doesn't stop. These things don't change, man. They don't. I would say the best pool pool party used to be Hard Rock. I know that. What's the one mo- the Venetian? In the Venetian, there was one up on the roof of the Venetian. There was a pool. Oh, is that right? Uh, it was either the Venetian or the yeah. It was, it was so. There's two Venetians. There's the Palazzo, and then there's the Venetian Venetian. So was the pool? Do you know which one it was on? Because it's I, I know it was like upstairs. Okay. You had to get on the elevator to go up there, and it was a small. They have a bigger one downstairs that has more people, but upstairs there's like a little one that's a little more exclusive. Costs a little more to get in. It, it was worth it though, man. That was like whew. the palms would always go off. Yeah, the palms was always great. So we are going into sudden death. In basketball between Sacramento and Orlando, I I wouldn't mind implementing this in the NBA, man. No, no, no. yeah, and, until until your team gets bounced out of the playoffs on a on a lucky three court three quarters a uh, uh, court shot, right? Then everybody's like, "This is ridiculous." But, but this is after double OT, so not going into overtime. And you go double OT, sudden death. I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, hey, I, I say, uh, I, I say, home run derby. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just, just, let's just get completely out of basketball, then. I mean, because I don't know, Sutton, uh, a game of pig. Yeah, right. Exactly, man. They do something like that. I don't know, because Sutton death to me in basketball. I mean, I get it. You Shut had it down. that's you what had, you had six quarters supposedly to win the game. So now it's it's, but I, 
it's way Sutton we grew death up. is too much of a coin flip. To me, like, did you not grow up like that? Next, next hoop wins. Next bucks. Next bucket wins. Yeah. Because if the game's going too long, you always had dudes who were waiting. They got next. Well, no, right? See, They're like, dude, next, next bucket wins. Well, no, like, no see, man. So what? So what I came up with was the opposite. You played a ten by one, but you have to win by two. So the game yeah. get extended. No, so you got to win by two. Buck, yeah. So it was never. It, it was the opposite. And, and if you're sitting I know, there waiting, but if you're to get taking on, too long, it's always next hoop wins. Don't see. In in certain parts, in certain places where people might have a little of a few more chips on their shoulder, uh, you, you don't interrupt somebody's game. Okay, that, that's going to lead to some action on the court that doesn't involve basketball. So you you would never go up to somebody's game and be like, "All right, next basket wins." <laughs> they would be like, "What you mean, next basket wins?" And people are going to be in each other's face, and it's going to be a mess. Would people be packing where you played? Would people actually? Nah, no. Okay. It's because the, the hoop court, like the hoop court, would have tough guys on it, but it wouldn't have, you know, like p Packers. <laughs> the the people will be packing on it. it, it, it they just would throw hands. So, really quick before we get to the break, we're talking about Las Vegas pool parties. The text line: Don't go into the pools. They did a study and found water uh, dirtier than a toilet in Vegas. And I, you know what? Mm -hmm. You might have a point there. I that's that's any public pool. Don't go to don't go to Water World. Don't don't go to the water slides anywhere. Don't get on the water rides at amusement parks. Man, listen, public pools are disgusting. We know this. These are risks that we take when we get in them. In the, in the name of bikinis, my friend. Okay, it's all about bikinis and alcohol. You make bad decisions when you're inebriated. When we continue here on 95.7, the game we're going to get into football and set the stage for our man Arash Anavarathan. That's all next. We get into the Niners with Shamari Block and Dan Devoe. Oh, it's not a foul. So we're watching double overtime sudden death basketball in the Las Vegas League. And Orlando and Sacramento tied at 92, so they're still playing. They they picked up the call. So apparently this, there was this, a foul. Guy could have won it at the free throw line, and now they're back to live action. This is the most interesting thing either of these teams have been involved in in the last decade. Like Sacramento and Orlando. Like It hasn't been oh, exciting this. Game! Yes! It's over. Hey, I it's love how over. they storm the court, though, right? These, hey, these young kids are excited, man. They they want that G League ring. <laughs> Paulo Boncaro assisting on the game-winning bucket. Go nuts, go nuts, Orlando! It's the last time you'll do it for the next eight months. Right, exactly. <laughs> then the regular season happened. It's like, oh yeah, we're the Orlando Magic. <laughs> this right. is gonna suck for the next seven months. You know, by the way, five one zero, man. Before the break, we were talking about Vegas Bulls. And they're like, don't go in the pool. It's dirtier than toilet water. And and I'm like, listen, alcohol, hard alcohol is sterile. Five one zero, okay. It washes away everything. It washes away like like you know like back in the day, back in the day, everything was treated with with whiskey. Okay, it's like, oh, we have to operate. Let's pour whiskey on the wound. Now here goes some whiskey for your body to you know to help you with the pain, man. And you're good if you if you if you have enough whiskey. You don't have to worry about any dirty pool water affecting you. So, I'm reading the text line. Yeah, so we're... we're <laughs> yeah, that's funny, right? That's funny. So, the uh, so yeah, to your point, you're right. Throw a little whiskey on it. When I was a kid, 
and I was swimming in Hawaii in this place called Kailua Beach, which was notorious when the winds were coming in, the tide was coming in, it would blow in the Portuguese man of war, which are these little things you couldn't distinguish. It had a little bubble with the with the blue tail, mm-hmm. so you couldn't see it on the surface. It just looked like another bubble. You can't really discern which one's a Portuguese man. Was it man a jelly? It was a jellyfish. Sorted from that family, Ooh. and it would wrap around you. And you're a kid, you get stung by that. Ooh. You're brutal. Yeah. And I remember just wailing, coming to the you know coming out of the water, just oh yeah, blow. Portuguese man of war just stung me. And I remember them just saying, pour beer on it, brother. Pour beer on it, brother. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Pour some beer on it, brother. Here's the other thing. It's like just swimming in the... If you are... If you're shy about swimming in a Vegas pool, like the ocean... Let's just be... The ocean is full of sea life, okay? And, And... it all goes to the bathroom in the ocean, man. I'm just saying. Right, I'm stopping right there. <laughs> I'm just saying. So you jump in the ocean. You, you jump in the ocean. It, 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 I don't. I don't imagine any Vegas pool is as is, is as uh, unsanitary as any ocean. I don't care if you're in the crystal clear water. Same with the bay. In Jamaica, exactly. Oh, yeah. we get all the runoff, man. It is. It gets oh, nasty, God. especially after rain. Yeah. You know? Ooh, oh man. oh my God. I've, I've swam into like needles, books. Needles. You know, the big old book that's hit me. Goodness gracious! I mean, the, books. Okay, books don't make sense either. But the needles, oh man. Yeah, no. Like I, I I would have to throw myself away after the needle. All right. <laughs> Let's get out to one of our fans been hanging on. New Jersey the location. Brian, we gotta can we can we bring him in proper? All right. Let's get out to uh there he is. You know what time it is. What's up, Mitch? Hey. How's it going, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Doing all right, How you doing, brother? Oh, doing hanging in there. Five more days, me and grandfather. So, oh, oh, there you go. Congrats, Congratulations, man. Yeah. Yeah, where's that dog funny, right now? Make sure that thing isn't going to eat you like you did the last time we talked. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. He's <laughs> well behaved. He's fine out with me now. Plus, I'm three miles from him, but he's good. I, I see him all the time now. He's, he's getting better. He's uh, going out of his puppy stage. Now he's just a, he's just a big uh, police dog. What's going he's on, Mitch? Dog, but he's that brick. Hey, um, First of all, can you just imagine you were so the four nines were so close again to the Super Bowl. They could have beat four nines usually beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl anyway, right? You could have been mm-hmm. the four niners and of course the Golden State Warriors uh, bringing home the championship to San Francisco. Um, what to say, um, Warriors? They let go of uh, Gary Payton the second, right? And then they draft a, a, a guard and they um, also trade a uh, sign one, um, Da Vinci, Vincio. DiVincenzo. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo. There's a lot of DiVincenzos running out there in Jersey. Yeah, I should know better. Shouldn't have uh, be more concerned with uh, getting uh, building up the uh, the front court. But I, I, I know that even they let go of uh, Gary Payne. I think Moody you can step right in. You got Paul and Kaminga is just chopping at the bit. Thanks for taking my call. Mitch, we love you as always. Play him out, Bri. Thank you. That is Mitch, of course, from New Jersey. A little soprano music to get you in on your Saturday afternoon as we say goodbye to uh, my man, Mitch. Okay, now you can bring up now you can bring up my godfather, and we'll get into our, our man. Hey. He, he, mentioned, he mentioned we were going there. That's right. That's he right. mentioned DiVincenzo. Hey! Ufa! I always tell you, Shamari. Always trust the warriors and the family. We don't need Kevin Durant. He's like Fredo. He will <laughs> let us down, Shamari. Only, what do you only, think far, only Farhan. Only Farhan <laughs> lets us down. 
Dante DiVincenzo, who could be the new Gary Payton the second. Nah, he's not that sort of guy, defender, defendable. He's a different sort of player, but I like this guy. You know why? I always mention this. You think about Jordan Poole when he came onto the team mm-hmm. and how he developed after that rookie year. It's the Warriors do. They have coaches that their primary concern is to develop the younger players, and they're some of the best in the NBA to do what, what, it. What a novel idea. It's like, hey, what if we made players better? Would they guys? That's crazy. And GP2, I think, was a benefactor of that as well. And I think that Dante DiVincenzo, because a lot of people look at his numbers in Sacramento and in Milwaukee, and while they're decent and they're good to, to a certain degree, I think there's a lot, of, as they like to say, the ceiling. I hate that phrase. The ceiling <laughs> is high with this guy, but I think there's a lot of growth with Dante, especially with the Warriors, because he's just going to get ex- he's going to get exponentially. I almost said excrementally, exponentially better as a basketball player. Well, and what he what does he do? What do we know he do? Does he do? He can pass. He can shoot, and he can apparently defend a little bit. Okay. That's a warrior. <laughs> if you can do those three things, if you can pass and you can shoot and you can defend, you're a warrior, okay? Like the ball handling doesn't even have to be elite. He's, he's a guard, so he can handle the ball, right? So I, that, that's assumed. Everybody's not a great passer. <laughs> Everybody's not even a good passer. So so Dante DiVincenzo, he fits what the Warriors do. And if you didn't, if like GP2 did not fit what the Warriors do offensively, they figured out a way to make it work, man. So... I think that we're going to see a level of productivity from him that, you know, you're going to be surprised. Just like you were surprised what they got out of Bielitsa. Just like you were surprised what they got out of Otto Porter Jr. Just like you were surprised what they got out of GP2. We can go down the line. We can go all the way back to Ian Clark, Quinn Cook, Mo Spates, uh, uh, Zaza Pachulia, right? JaVale McGee. The list of guys that come here and become their best selves is is long and the list that have it is pretty much kelly Oubre and brad wanamaker okay and basemore <laughs> um everybody else has come here and flourish i think it's going to be the same thing here the question is is how good is that best version of him because he he was he was played played almost, the milwaukee bucks yeah he played almost 30 minutes a game for the bucks when they were a championship contender have you seen hustle adam sandler's movie no, listen, on, I, used to, I used to love Adam Sandler movies, but the more of them he makes, the more I'm like, I've seen this Adam Sandler movie well, already when it was Happy Gilmore. No, no, this is about the NBA. You know, he's a big NBA basketball fan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he did this. He did this. It's a movie. It's basically about a guy from overseas trying to make it into the NBA. And it was the star. It is Juancho Hernan Gomez. Mm hmm. Obviously, the point five, the power forward for, I think he played for Utah, but he's been mentioned as a potential guy that the Golden State Warriors might want to pick up. And he's sort of a fit for, for Golden State. You haven't seen Hustle, man? No, check it out. Watch is pretty good in it. Speaking of basketball movies, what are Disney, you doing? He's Disney watching Plus. Kung Fu movies from the 1970s, is I, what he's doing. Because those are like masterpieces. Um, no, no, Rise, the, the Giannis Antetokounmpo story was just released on Disney Plus. I was actually thinking about checking that out. Either tonight Did or tomorrow. Did you own a pair of uh, nunchucks when you were younger? I mean, you know, no, but I made some out of uh, out Everybody of a paper t- paper towel rolls, man. Yeah, nunchucks never work. <laughs> never work. Hey, when they Bruce- work, those are one of those that only works in the movies. If you were to try and apply that in real life, in a no, fight, no, I let you like, just start swinging it. No, Bruce Lee. I feel like Bruce Lee would 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 handle somebody with some nunchucks. Yeah, it, it it takes practice. Like nunchucks 
aren't a thing that's just not listen they look good Wah! but i mean actually hurting someone I mean, but, but if if you put a sword in the hands of somebody that doesn't know how to use a sword i mean don't get it twisted it's a sword <laughs> but you know it's it's not a deadly <laughs> instrument unless it's in the hands of an experienced fencer man it's a thing i mean it's it, you got the business in but i'm just saying that nunchucks are like any other weapon and a skilled person using it is formidable i think you got to be much more highly skilled to use a sword to use the nunchucks as opposed to a sword a sword i'm just stabbing you the nunchucks <laughs> i gotta put it under my arm wrap it around my neck around my waist and then you know it's a lot of show and no go all right, we're talking about, you know, potential free agents coming to the Golden State Warriors. This is this is where it gets interesting because you don't foresee them going into a season where you're being this heavily reliant on the kids. That would be somewhat problematic, don't you think? You've gone as out of port, gone as B Elite, gone as GP two. So now the only, you know, there is no buffer between the starting five and then the Moses Moody's and the Jonathan Kamingas of the world, albeit um um in on both of those guys as well as James Weissman, but they are still very, very young, two of which are still teenagers. Well, here's the question, though. They do they they don't have to be as good as Draymond Green. They have to be as good as Otto Porter Jr., Bielitsa, and GP2. But that's asking a lot, is it not? It's asking... It's asking a bit. It's not asking a lot because, you know, none of these dudes are playing at an all-star level. They were playing at a cool level. It's not like it. They're not saying, hey, go be Clay Thompson. They're saying, hey, you know, go be as effective as Bielitsa. It's not that this is a, a, a Bia Bia. He, he was dope. He was he played well. He was he was integral to a lot of wins, especially early in the season. But he's not Beyonce irreplaceable, man. So you're asking them to play to that level. I think that in year two, that in year two, any uh, the the guy, especially Moody, because he's more polished than Kaminga. But Kaminga also, if you're not at Bielitsa's level in year two and you have physical gifts like both of those dudes have, well, something went wrong. And like you said, they have guys that their whole thing is, hey, we are the the upgrade squad, okay? We're here to we're here to step your game up. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero talking about the Golden State Warriors. We'll open it up and get out to Filmo Mike hanging out in San Francisco. Filmo, what's on your mind, man? Welcome back. Oh, man, I, I just wanted to talk about uh, the Warriors real quick. Dante David Chinzo, he was a – he's a – I mean, I know he's injury kind of uh, damaged goods, but he was a great pickup. I remember when he when he got hurt, I thought the Bucks. I was like, oh, man, he hurt. They not going to win it. And they ended up winning it, but he was that uh, much of an important piece. Also, I would love for the Warriors if, if Pat Beverly's bought out, I would love for the Warriors to pick him up. And my last point is, Kaminga struggled. But I want to point out the fact that Moody being so mature, was the maturity in Moody showed and his skills showed, but the lack of, I don't want to say maturity from Kaminga, but it was pressing. And obviously everybody's seen that. But my point was Moody's so like, kind of like, like a seasoned vet, he, he kind of let the game come to him, get some buckets. Kaminga needs to take a page of Moody's from Moody's book and kind of just let the game come to him a little bit more. And Santos is nice. Watch out for him. He's nice. Guy Santos, the pride of Brazil that has been making so he's a lot of turnovers on this guy, but a lot of people like this dude. He's been making a lot, a lot of noise. Pat Beverly's interesting. 
Because we all know what he can do defensively. I just worry about him being a cultural fit. You got to get into that locker room. And Pat Bev will, as we know, man, he will go after his own team at times. Does he? Is he a fit with what they do here in terms of the environment? See, but that's the beauty of it, man. You The, the culture is Steph Curry. You don't... You, you would... Listen, you would have to be out of your mind to walk into Steph Curry's locker room and Draymond Green's locker room and and, and have any attitude, okay? Well, he's a little out of his mind. Mm -mm. Ain't, ain't that much crazy, okay? So I'm using an example here, okay? Like I hear stories of people walking down Market Street and other places being accosted by by like mentally ill people that, that are, are unfortunate and sleep in the streets, okay? I haven't had that experience because I don't look like a guy that even if you're a little bit off, like I still don't look like a guy you should confront. We'll just say that there, there's off and then there's off, off and off, off does not exist, man. It just doesn't exist in this world. Even, even in How places. How do you arrive at these analogies, man? I don't know. <laughs> you, what you, are you doing? You, you get where I'm going, though. No, okay? I do. Exactly. I'm just curious how we got there. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> you know, you, you draw on experience and the information that you have, man, okay? And then you put things together. In, in the moment, in the moment, it makes sense. But there's off and there's off off. And there's nobody off enough to walk off in Steph Curry and Draymond Green's locker room and, and jump out of line. It hasn't happened. I mean, I, Draymond Green, for all of his, I'll yell at anybody, he ain't ever, I guarantee you, he ain't said one one out-of-pocket word to Steph Curry in a decade. Because you don't, you, don't, you don't come to Steph Curry that way. All right, back out to the phone lines, 888 Oh, mom, now the day's complete. Look who's all together again. Reunited, Shamari. Shamari Block, Dan Devone, and that guy. Oh, yeah, it's what's that? On. What's up, that guy? Welcome back, brother. What is up, fellas? The block is hot. The phone's on the microphone. <laughs> and, uh, my man uh, Mitch from Jersey just called in, so I had to call in. And, <laughs> by the way, by the way, R.I.P. Man to Walnut. Paulie Walnut passed away yesterday. Oh no way! Oh yeah. Oh wow! Wow. Seventy nine, man. R.I.P. Take the show out with the Sopranos theme. Yeah, that that, um, that hurts. You know what? Really quick story. So I saw him at the Belmont way back in the day. Saw a horse was I think Smarty Jones is going for the Triple Crown, and there are all sorts of celebrities. The only person I right. got out of my way to go say hi to and shake his hand was Paulie Walnuts. He had the wings in his hair. And I said, my man, Paulie Walnuts, I like, dude, you are the best. And he was just like in character. All he said to me was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was so on point, man. But sorry, go ahead, that guy. No, 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 that's a good, that's good stuff. Paulie Walnuts, I don't know if more people, more people know, but he was actually from a mob family. Yes. Yeah, he was real deal. Yeah. He's, he, matter of fact, honed his acting skills while in prison. So he, he walked the walk. Wow, yeah, he was hardcore, man. R.I.P. to, to Walnuts, man. That, that was devastating. Um, hey, just a couple things on the... Uh, oh, by the way, Devon, I, I uh, came down Styles' road yesterday. I just <laughs> got back into town, so I, and I was listening to Block and Styles, and I was defending you on why we don't want uh, Howard... Hell no. ...in a Warriors uniform. Remember? I don't know if you remember, but he dissed the Warriors, which is the reason why... Uh, Iguodala came. The Warriors were courting him back in the day, and he said he was close to signing with the Warriors, but he went to the Lakers because 
they're, they're a nice little team that aren't ever going to do anything. So, now we don't need that cat. But <laughs> as far as Wiseman, Wiseman tomorrow, hey, I'm looking for about 15, 15 minutes. You know, I'm looking for some rim protection, and I'm looking to see how he reacts on that knee, man. So uh, I, I hope he, he doesn't get, uh, you know, last-minute scratch at the end, and he actually plays tomorrow. So I'm looking for that. I'd like to get your guys' take on that. And then uh, I'm thinking that uh, with the 49ers getting ready to start up, they should go with a trade maybe to the Steelers for one of their quarterbacks and let Jimmy go and mentor the kid out there that they got. Appreciate it. And uh, you guys keep rocking, man. Have a great weekend. Love you, that guy. Yeah, we're going to be discussing more about the 49ers with the Kosh and Varathan, who is standing by. We'll get into Jimmy Garoppolo potential trades. Pittsburgh is one of the teams that has been mentioned. But he was talking about James Weissman and rim protecting. I just want to see this dude just get the rust off, man. Just, just, just play some hoops. I just want to see him, you know, run, man. Because I'm at this point. No, I'm at this point right here. <laughs> like, Western medicine has failed him. So, like, I'm I'm, brux- I'm busting out. Voodoo? I'm busting out the sage. I'm <laughs> smudging. I'm just smudging his knee. I'm doing some check. I'm doing everything, man. Because if he can't get out there and play, after 18 months. I'm not worried about James Wiseman, the basketball player. I'm worried about James Wiseman, the knee. Because 18 months for meniscus tear is almost unprecedented. Like I, I can't think of, and I, I can't think, and you can we can go through the history of it, and maybe you know, 888957, if you know someone who's spent 18 months recovering from meniscus and succeeded and recovered fully, let me know. I can't think of a single person. There should be some red flares to all Warrior fans that it's taken this long. Now, listen, he could come back and be better than ever, but there is a, uh, there has to be a level of concern that it's taken this long for him to get back on the floor. And the fact that he hasn't even played in the Summer League, if anybody needs to play basketball in the Summer League, it's this guy more than anybody. Moody and Jonathan Kaminga played an entire year. Right? They, they have playoff experience. This guy needs to play basketball and then some more basketball. He needs to, like, when his run's done tomorrow... In this Las Vegas debut, after that game, he needs to go down to the local Y and get into some run there as well. He cannot play enough basketball when you're talking about James Weissman and getting ready for this basketball season. So all eyes will be on that man. And he's looking, if he can be, was it 15 to 20? What do you expect of him next year? Best case scenario. Best case? Yeah. So be, I, so be I, realistic. So I'm going to say realistically. Realistically, okay, best case scenario, this is the best case because this is assuming that he stays healthy and he he matures as the season goes on. I see I see him being the starter by the end of next season. At Cinder. I, I don't think is, I think is, that's where is, is Brian Sierra to hold in the back of my head. No, no, I think that, that <laughs> makes I, I I think we all agree that Kevon Looney in a perfect world would be your ideal backup, backup center. Yeah. But an outstanding backup, though. Yeah, like, yeah well, that's exactly. A, yeah, it's a good problem to have, yeah. man. And you I would, want I would guys imagine to be that, thinking that they're starters. That's, a healthy James Wiseman plays eighty-two games or seventy-five games next season. He's a starter by the end of next season, heading the next playoff run. All right. When we continue here on ninety-five-seven, the game standing by Kosh Anavarathan. He covers the 49ers for Niners Nation. We'll get into all things 49ers, including. Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance with a tired arm. We discuss next on 95.7 The Game.